3: happy friday football fans and welcome into another edition of the chase podcast i'm isaac signs and i thank you for joining in today's episode former steelers outside linebacker arthur moats joins me to preview the nfl draft and discuss the best landing spots for kyler murray and dwayne haskins We'll cover all that and more right here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
0: The Fall
3: is another production of the Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the ball up. The Chase is on. Live. now let's, let's break to the 20, 50, Isaac 10, good morning everybody and welcome into the pro football chase podcast it's Isaac signs and on the line joining me for today's episode is nine-year veteran outside linebacker Arthur Moats. Moats played with the Pittsburgh Steelers, however, he was drafted by the Bills in the sixth round of the 2010 NFL Draft. After playing out his rookie deal in Buffalo, he went to play with the Steelers, as mentioned, and then had a brief stint with the Arizona Cardinals. So, Arthur, thanks again for joining me, and how are you doing? Isaac,
1: man, I'm doing well, and I must say, you are one of my favorite followers on Instagram. Anytime I need my football updates, free agency updates, college updates, whatever it is, you're the page I look to, man.
3: Well, I appreciate that, Arthur. It means a lot coming from you as an NFL player and somebody that's been around the league for quite some time, man. So first off, I know you're not retired yet, but kudos to you for having such a good, sustainable NFL career. I remember you there in the Steel City playing alongside those bad boys james harrison and all those guys so great to have you on man i'm so excited to get chatting about some nfl draft topics
1: no i definitely appreciate that man it's truly been a blessing to have a, a lengthy career that i've been able to have and man just some of the things that you experience and players that you play with the relations that you make i mean it's just awesome man so it's something i never take for granted
3: well that's great so We are right in the middle of the 2019 NFL pre-draft process. Now, we're seeing all these pro days being wrapped up here. Some bigger schools, bigger prospects. But Arthur, there's none bigger than the quarterbacks. As we know, the quarterbacks are the driving force of the NFL. And the top two that are talked a lot about, you got Kyler Murray, you got Dwayne Haskins, and then of course you go Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, and On and on it goes. So let's first talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. We're hearing some rumors about Cliff Kingsbury being interested in taking him number one overall. What are your thoughts on that whole situation?
1: Man, uh, it's a unique situation just because you think about the Cardinals and what did they do last year? At number one, they draft Josh Rosen. So it's like, you know, Josh Rosen has the capability to be a franchise quarterback But at the same time, you cannot ignore Cliff Kingsbury's uh, affection for Kyler Murray. I mean, he's been noted it uh, duly from his collegiate years coaching and then also professionally. So when you think about Kyler Murray and now that you know he's fully committed to the NFL, it's hard to pass up on a prospect like him. And honestly, I could truly see the Cardinals taking him at one overall.
3: And I'm right there with you, you know, and and it's kind of interesting to see how the tone has changed there in Arizona. You know, you remember Steve Keim and Kingsbury, when they first Mm -hmm. hired him, they were like right off the bat, shutting the door (laughs) saying, you know, no, Josh Rosen's our guy. We Mm -hmm. believe he's our future. And then you see the recent statements being put up by the team, especially at the combine. And you start thinking like, wait a second, Uh, the whole terminology of the business side of the NFL starts surfacing and
1: absolutely you know, you
3: know what that means Arthur I don't know you know what that term means and, and I think that usually relates to some change of scenery so I agree with you 100% Kyler Murray this guy is is really electric in his way and his ability to move in and outside of the pocket so him in Arizona Does make a lot of sense. But now the question is, where does Josh Rosen land? And two, what is the draft compensation going to be for him?
1: Man, well, that's why I start thinking. So you obviously see the reports where the Cardinals have been getting some offers of second round picks. If I'm the Cardinals, do you think you're really going to be able to get a first round pick for Josh when everybody knows that you're going to be trying to potentially uh, get rid of him in the near future? Now, if, if a second-round pick is what you're getting offered right now for him, I think you take that for the simple fact of this. You know if you love Kyler Murray or not. You know if you want him to be your guy or not. And all signs are important to that being the case. A second-round pick for Josh, I feel like it's still going to be really good because right now we don't know how good Josh can be. And you're kind of just guessing on it. Yes, he has a, a ton of the intangibles. He checks a ton of the boxes. But we still don't know how good he really is. And I personally, I just, I always find it hard to believe that teams are willing to just give up first round picks. Like that just doesn't happen. We think about Antonio Brown recently being traded. He's been a top receiver in this league for how many years? He didn't even want a first round pick. It's just, it's hard to get first round picks in my opinion.
3: You want to go back to the Khalil Mack trade there that Chicago pulled out where they they did end up giving a first and a couple of firsts at that. And then you look at what Dallas did and gave up a first for Amari Cooper, right? And then that Antonio Brown trade was really just baffling that they were only able Mm -hmm. to get a third and a fifth for such a star wideout that has produced for such a long period of time. But, you know, Josh Rosen, right? We still don't know the type of quarterback Mm -hmm. that he is going to be, as you just mentioned. And so right now you're looking at the three teams, the Chargers, the Patriots and the Giants have all been linked to Josh Rosen the most. Out of those three landing spots, you know, and I think we both know which landing spot that the NFL is hoping that he doesn't land (laughs) with, which is the Patriots. Absolutely. Because with Absolutely. Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and then the 41 year old Tom Brady, who's still hoping to play till he says 45 years old, you know, I just feel like the Patriots would be able to get Josh Rosen in that system, really develop him behind Brady, and then who knows what he could eventually evolve into as he progresses.
1: Well, I just laugh because it's crazy to think that a couple of years ago, we were having the conversation about a quarterback in New England developing, waiting in the wings for Brady to retire, by the name of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And now, essentially, that same conversation could be happening again if Josh Rosen is traded to New England. Like that's just crazy to think, man. Like that, but I feel like also for Josh, though, that'll be one of the best situations to go into. is stability. I mean, you're playing when he was just in Arizona. You were going into a, a, a new coaching staff, new offense. The offense at the time, I, I mean, I feel like it was in turmoil. I mean, you saw how they performed last year. Switched to offensive coordinators throughout the season. I feel like if you go to a place like – if he ends up in New England, for him, I mean, that's the, that's one of the places you would go to learn under one of the arguably best quarterbacks ever. And then you – like I said, you, you have that system in place where you know you're going to be successful. So if I'm Josh, I would definitely be calling my agent trying to get him to make that deal happen.
3: That's for sure. And so that's going to be one of the interesting storylines as we move forward between now and the NFL draft, which we're already less than one month away. So, you know, crazy, (laughs) yeah, man, the excitement is growing. You know, those pre-draft rumors are coming on strong. The smokescreen game, all that good stuff and so I'm going to segue now to the other quarterback that we wanted to discuss, and it's Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Now, this guy produced heavily there for the Buckeyes, started 14 games, 4,831 yards, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and the guy completed 70% of his passes. Now, the one knock on Haskins, Arthur, is that he only has one full season as a starter under his belt and so Mm -hmm. there's some concern from some teams that say well we don't really feel like he's proven himself similar to Mitchell Trubisky because he just started one year at North Carolina as well so with that being said how do you view Haskins as a draft prospect and what team do you think makes the most sense for him?
1: Well, man, you hit on it when you say he's only had the one year starting. But on top of that, I think about how talented that Ohio State offense was. He had a ton of weapons, so it's really hard to gauge was this a product of his ability or was it a product of the people he had around him? Similar to Tim Tebow in that Florida offense when he was coming out where you have Percy Harvin, uh, Aaron Hernandez, you name all these other guys that are on this uh, on the on field with him and It was just crazy the numbers that he was passing for. So I kind of think the same with Dwayne. But it's hard to, I guess, not see the talent that is there, though, from a productivity standpoint. So when you think about that, and we know every year the draft is about guys who have been productive, but guys who have that potential to grow even further. So with a Dwayne Haskins, I could easily see him going to the Giants. But at the same time, you're looking at the Redskins picking. And I'm like, I can see him going there, too, especially because of the Alex Smith situation. Right,
3: yeah. And and then they went out and acquired Case Keenum, but that's not mm-hmm. going to stop them from going after a quarterback. No, not at all. Right. And so, Haskins, one thing that I guess stands out about him, and I know you make a fantastic point, because that offense there at Ohio State was absolutely loaded when you look at Paris Campbell and that guy who mm-hmm. he can fly off the charts and Then you you look at the two running backs they had and Mike Weber who's coming out of this year's draft and the other underclassmen there. So I I completely am on the same page there. But one team that keeps on ringing in my mind that I know this particular team has been linked to Drew Locke, but I still feel like they could make a play for Haskins and it's the Denver Broncos who are sitting Mm. there at number 10. You know John Elway, he You is... don't believe
1: in Joe Flacco? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah man, and that's the thing because Elway came out in the presser and was like, "Yeah, we think Joe Flacco is going to be our starter for, you know, the foreseeable future." But let's face it. I mean, we all know how these GMs will will talk, but oh, we no question. <laughs> we know we know that they're going to take a young quarterback at some point. So, why not it be Haskins there at 10? He can go to Denver. He can learn behind Flacco. And here's another thing that intrigues me about the Denver Broncos is that they have some young talent in place. Oh, they definitely do. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Phillip Lindsey. That's an offense that a player like Haskins can grow with.
1: Oh, yeah. And you still have Emmanuel Sanders coming back from injury as well. So I feel like they definitely have – Pieces there, weapons there, but that's why I personally feel that I think Joe Flacco could still come back in some form compared to the the past season that he had uh, earlier on with the Ravens this past year. I think that he can at least look better, look like that top 15 style quarterback again in that particular offense. So that's why I think they probably hold off a little bit on drafting the Dwayne.
3: Here's the next topic, and I'm interested to get your feedback, Arthur, is this whole rumor that we've been seeing now for like the last month or two and it's about the Raiders commitment to Derek Carr because <laughs> we hear John Gruden and Mike Mayock who's now their GM and he they mm-hmm. have all come out and said Derek Carr is our franchise guy But then a report surfaces where they're going to hold private workouts with Kyler Murray, with Dwayne (laughs) Haskins. They hold the number four, number 24, and number 27 overall picks in the first round because of that Khalil Mack trade. So what do you think they're up to, man? Do you think Gruden and Mayock, do you think they're going to make a play for a quarterback? Are they committed to Carr? I mean, there's all kinds of avenues that they could take.
1: Honestly, I don't think they're fully committed to Carr. And this is why. I understand when they say, hey, we're doing our due diligence and, and making sure that we do our homework on all our prospects. But with those particular prospects, you don't just have those guys coming in for workouts. Like, those are guys that you are legit looking for. And when you look at Carr just this past, what, the past couple of seasons, he's really underperformed. Now, granted, he had a, a, a bad offense this past season. Um, he dealt with some injuries as well. But I just I just feel outside of that one season, I just don't think that he is that – I don't think he's that type of quarterback. I, I personally don't. And for me, when you see a guy like Kyler Murray, imagine if Kyler Murray was sitting there at four and you're the Raiders. Like, that, I don't think you passed that. Or or even Dwayne Haskins. I just don't see you passing that. No, granted – they do have the need for a pass rusher, without a doubt, right? They they got rid of Khalil, Khalil Mack, and you heard John Gruden, the past season, talk about all oh, how, how hard it is to find a pass rusher, how much he would love to have a pass rusher. So at the same time, I could easily see them going the pass rusher route. But as we sit here right now, it would not surprise me if they went quarterback.
3: You, Arthur, you know the importance, because you are an ed- edge rusher yourself, right? And so mm-hmm. you know the importance of getting to the quarterback. And I saw a really funny article where John Gruden said that he cried for three days after trading Khalil Mack. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, we've seen what he's done to that offense. Antonio Brown, they signed Tyrell Williams. They went out and signed Isaiah Cruel, And it just seems like Oakland signing another player every single day in free agency. Oh, no question. Um, so... <laughs> You know, they're they're up to something, and I think I side with you on this one. I'm not really sure that Gruden and Mayock are 100% committed to Derek Carr because when you're bringing in these players, as you just talked about, these private workouts, and they're so high where they are in a position where they could have a chance at taking a quarterback high, and, and it would be Gruden's guy, you know, a guy that right. he chooses, and that's
1: the difference. It's his guy,
3: right? And I saw uh, one of these draft experts talking that one one quarterback that nobody is really talking about, you know, going to Oakland, but it's Drew Locke, and they mm-hmm. make the they make the connection because Gruden coached Locke at the Senior Bowl. And word on the street oh, yes. is that Gruden was very impressed with Drew Locke during that entire week. So, Arthur, my man, we may have a rumor going on here, and we could see Locke going to Oakland. So there's all kinds of speculation on that as well.
1: Yeah, no question. And and when we speak on Drew Locke, I personally am a big fan of his. I love what he's able to do. Um, I feel like he checks a lot of those boxes. And I know Dwayne, gets more of the, the the hype and more is more talked about and projected to be higher. But I personally am a bigger fan of Locke's game than I am with Drew Haskins' game right now just because I feel like if you put Drew in that same offense in Ohio State, I feel like his numbers would be just as good or potentially better. And, and that's kind of where I see those two prospects like that. So, yeah. I'm I'm totally with that.
3: (laughs) And one thing with Drew Locke is that the guy's got that prototypical size. I know him and Haskins are more or less around 6'3 or so. But you look Mm -hmm. at Locke's body build, he's kind of built like a Big Ben, you know, where he can take hits in and out of the pocket. And he's also very underrated with his athleticism and his ability Mm -hmm. to escape the pocket.
1: Absolutely, and when we talk about having a bigger body, we know that the Raiders line, granted, they've been doing some things to shore it up with the signing of Trent Brown. That helps out a ton, but that line hasn't been the best lately, so you have to have a quarterback that you think is going to be durable, who's going to be able to stand up and take some of those shots down the line.
3: Yeah, and so that is something that must be taken into account for these NFL quarterback prospects, but let's go ahead and transition now back to the defensive side of the ball because... Here's another, he yeah, that's, that's your <laughs> bread and butter. So I know yes, you're excited sir. and this is right up your alley, Arthur, because I want to ask you on your opinion. Okay. Cause I've heard many different people will, will claim 50, 50 on this, but who do you think is the best defensive end prospect in this year's class? Is it Nick Bosa? Oh. Is it Josh Allen? Is it Montez sweat? Give me a name
1: and why? Man, now that's a tough one. Whew. Honestly, you can't go wrong with any of them, right? Mm-hmm. I love Nick Bosa's game. I love the fact that he was doing it at Ohio State, but I do understand he sat out all—I mean, pretty much the majority of last season—with the, uh, the 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 uh, sports training injury and stuff. Right. Josh Allen. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to fault him. This guy was doing it every week in the SEC. I mean, that's the best of the best, right? When we come, when it talks about college football, and the same with uh, with Montez, right? But I just feel like I feel like you have to hold some type of weight in regards to having that 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 bloodline of just NFL high NFL level talent. And for me, I saw it firsthand with TJ Watt, younger brother of JJ Watt. We know how dominant JJ has been. When I saw TJ come in, his preparation, the way he was able to handle himself throughout the season, and then his overall growth throughout the season, I'm like, you, you, you can't not value that. And I felt like having an older brother in the league helped him. So when I think of Nick Bosa, I say, okay, huh? let's look at Joey. Extremely successful, one of the, the top premier uh, defenders in this league, and he's continuing to emerge. I feel like Nick could be just as good, if not better. So for me, I have to go with Nick just because of those reasons right there.
3: I'm going to go ahead and and pick another player here that I have really just been very high on this entire draft process, and you were kind of torn. I could hear it in your voice. I'm with Josh Allen. I I think this dude, I mean, you mentioned the SEC, and when you look at his numbers and his production, it is certainly worth catching your eye and you see – that this guy was able to compile 17 sacks, you like, know, this five forced fumbles, <laughs> 21 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, this guy was completely SEC. unstoppable. Exactly, man.
1: And, and it's not like he was playing for Alabama. He was playing for Kentucky. It, yeah. So it's like, and Kentucky was having a good season. Don't get me wrong. But when you just look at the pieces around him defensively versus if you're playing on an Alabama where Okay, out of the 11 guys, seven of them are potential first-rounders, you know? Like, in that regard, it's just it's, it's mind-blowing to me to see him do those type of things at Kentucky.
3: And I'm right there, man. I don't know how he's able to do it. but And, and here's a misconception is that a lot of people think that Nick Bosa is bigger. But you know what? Allen, when you look at his measurables, he's actually bigger than Nick Bosa. Yes. He's mm-hmm. 6'5", 262 pounds, and Bosa is 6'4", 266 pounds. So, you know, they're, they're pretty close in, in range, but Allen Absolute. indeed has a little bit more length and I think can transition into a 3-4 outside linebacker way better than a guy like Nick Bosa.
1: No, I agree in that regard. And, and it's funny, man, when we're talking about these type of prospects, it really comes down to almost like you're splitting hairs. Is it, are you more fan of the measurables or the productivity or is it the lineage? Like I said, from my perspective, it was just knowing the bloodline of, hey, I see what Joey's been doing and I feel like Nick can have that same type of success. But then I think about, like you said, with Josh, you can't you you can't overlook what he was doing. And it was in the SEC. So it's just one of those things, but I'm definitely torn with it. I'm glad I don't have this issue of having to be the GM to pick either or. Put it like that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, for sure. Because those guys, they lose sleep over these types of things because we know, man, when they miss on a pick, especially that high, they may not have a job in a couple years.
1: No question.
3: So, okay, now that we got that out of the way, and here's another interesting topic that I wanted to discuss here because... We always see these hidden gems every single year, and I think it's cool because it's right in line with you, Arthur, as you came out of college there, out of James Madison, and so on that note, who is your favorite small school prospect in this year's NFL Draft? And I'll go ahead and give mine first, just in case you still need to go through your options, (laughs) but... One guy that stands out to me from a small school that really dominated at the Senior Bowl was defensive tackle Kalen Saunders out of Western Illinois. I don't know if you've heard of him or if you've seen of him, but he's six foot, 324 pounds. Uh, the Missouri Valley football coaches named him as a first-team all-conference in 2017. This guy's got powerful hands, the line of scrimmage. Really quick off the ball, and he was giving some of those centers from top programs. I'm talking Eric McCoy, Garrett Bradbury from NC State. He was giving them the business there in Mobile, and scouts are really high on Kalen Saunders. Now to a point where they're saying he could be a second-round pick, maybe third-round pick. So this guy, if you haven't studied him, Arthur, I'll maybe even send you a link after this podcast interview. Check him out. The guy's good. And uh, so he have to be my favorite small school prospect.
1: Okay, well I like that pick, and definitely send me the links so I can look into him more. But for me, my favorite small school guy, I have to go back to my old stumper grounds at JMU, Cornerback Jimmy Moreland had a great week at the, uh, the East-West Shrine Game. Another big week at the uh, Reese Senior Bowl. Recently, was uh, had an extremely uh, productive pro day where they had them they had them clocked at fourth uh what high four threes low four fours top notch speed but the thing that i love is his productivity his ball skills 18 career interceptions think about that eight in 2017 and then he had five last year um in 2018 he could return he scores touchdowns on these returns um 511 so he's still not going to be you know your your 6162 foot quarterbacks but he goes and gets it and the the biggest question was what was his 40 time going to be? Because he obviously, he looks extremely quick on film, but you want to know, was he more quicker than fast or if he had that top end speed? And I feel like by him going out there and clocking a four three, that shows that he can run with the best of them as well. So for me, that's my favorite small school prospect prospect right there.
3: And is there a, a, like a round projection for him?
1: Um, I've been seeing some stuff, man, where they were saying potentially fourth round. I feel like, because of how he's been producing between the East West, Shrine, East West Shrine game, Senior Bowl, and his Pro Day, I could definitely see that happen to him being in the fourth round.
3: Yeah, well, that's awesome. I'm going to definitely have to go do some uh, research up on him. And, you know, that's the cool thing about it, Arthur, is that there's so many of these prospects that are playing at these, you know, D1, AA, D2, smaller mm-hmm. schools that, man, these guys can play and it's cool to see a lot of them now currently in the nfl and they're thriving out there and it's like where did he play where did josh norman play oh cool right. you know? so that's why i always love to put so much attention on players like this man because you know chances are they end up having lengthier careers than say some of these highly touted prospects
1: hey no question and the one thing that I was told early on in my career, even when I was committing to, uh, to JMU, was like, if you're good enough to play in the NFL, the NFL will find you. And once you get in the league, it's on you to prove that you're just as good as those other guys from the bigger schools. And for me, that was one of my biggest factors in why I was able to be so successful in my career. It was just always a reminder of, hey, I'm from JMU. So I want to show that I'm better than anybody from Florida State, uh, Alabama Auburn Ohio State I want to show that I'm just as good if not better than any of those guys and make sure that my career productivity and length matches those things
3: right on and that's why I respect the player like you man because I know I've had some players come on here that were in the same boat were overlooked coming out of college and stuck their their head to the ground kept the grind strong and And continue to pursue NFL careers, man. So I have the utmost respect for a guy like you. And should you continue your career, man, you better believe I'll be following you as well on the field. So excellent job. I just want to let you know. So that's cool, man. I really appreciate that. But uh, here's uh, one of the last topics here in this NFL draft segment, because this has to do with your team. man. I want to know what are you thinking about the Pittsburgh Steelers The 20th overall pick in the first round. We we know they need corner help. We know they could go wide receiver now that Antonio Brown is gone. We know they could use a nice inside linebacker with Ryan Shazier. And it's unfortunate in his situation. And so Devin Mm -hmm. Bush is being tossed around. So which, which route can you see Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, what are you thinking for round one there in the Steel City?
1: All right, so I have two options. The first is if they stay at 20, I don't feel they need to get a corner as bad because of the signing of um, Stephen Nelson out of Kansas City. Then when I also think of the linebacker position, I felt like, they minimize that need a little bit by the signing of Mark Barron, right. so I felt like that helped them out. Now the receiver position, they signed DK, uh, not DK Metcalf. They signed um, Dante Moncrief, and he's an intriguing, uh, an intriguing player. And I feel like you bring him and James Washington. That's going to be good competition, and ultimately that will make one of those guys elevate their game. But to this point, neither one of them have been proven in this league. So for me, I could see if they stay at 20, them going the receiver route and potentially getting a DK Metcalf. I could see that, especially, you know, if he slides just a little bit. It's not it's not too far fetched. Just a little bit, though. I could see them going receiver. Now, my personal feelings is you take where well, they got 10 draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. They're not drafting 10 guys. I could see them coming up with some type of trade up option to get a guy like Devin Bush, because even though, like I said, Mark Barron is definitely going to alleviate some of that, that pressure from a coverage standpoint, and especially with them losing a guy like LJ Fort to go to the Philadelphia Eagles through free agency. And he was their best coverage linebacker last year. I feel like by bringing Mark Barron in, that helps them in that regard. But a guy like Devin Bush, that's a guy that you can build your defense around. He can, he can, When you brought in Ryan Shazier, that changed the Steelers' defense. Devin Bush is that type of player. He can change that defense. So I could easily see them potentially trading up to get a guy like Devin Bush. And I think that that would be awesome for that team because the receiver standpoint, you still have Juju. So it's still not a crazy need. Like, yes, you're going to want to bring somebody in there to replace the productivity of A.B., but you still have Juju. Like I said, at corner, you have Joe Hayden, and then you bring in Nelson. You still haven't found that alpha linebacker to replace Chazier. And that's why I think Devin Bush could be the guy, and I think you would have to trade up to get him, though.
3: That's a good point there, because I've been looking at Pittsburgh's team, and, and you know they took a lot of backlash when they were only able to get a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown, And, of course, we saw Le'Veon Bell finally depart, went with the Jets in free agency after sitting out the entire 2018 season. But I'm looking at Pittsburgh's team right now and their depth chart. I'm like, man, these guys still have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, you got Big Ben, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and then how about that beefed-up offensive line? They re-signed Marquise Pouncey to a new deal, Alejandro Villanueva there, anchoring that offensive tackle, defense, Stephon Tewitt, Javon Hargrave, I mean, Hayden on the outside, Steven Nelson, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, I mean, the list goes on and on, so they're still very much in the form of a contender, although... All the spotlights they're on in Cleveland with Odell Beckham Jr. going there. (laughs) Um, And then the Ravens going to swoop in and sign Earl Thomas, right? But I I like what Pittsburgh has done. You know, They they have added free agents where they have not pigeonholed themselves into forcing a pick on a particular position, which is what you just alluded to. But Devin Bush to Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense because he is... Part of today's NFL linebacker. I mean, the guy can run sideline to sideline, east to west. And he can also bring that physicality as well. And so I completely agree with the Devin Bush to Pittsburgh. Now, the only question is, is will he last? And that's why you're saying Pittsburgh may very well have to trade up into the top maybe 10. Because I'm looking at a team like Cincinnati, who's there at eleven. Who we know they're eyeing themselves a linebacker after cutting
1: Vontez Burfict. Well, and see, this is why when I say trade up, I personally feel that Cincinnati could go Devin White. I feel like I feel like Devin White might he might could still be there, and I think if he's there, I feel like Cincinnati takes Devin White.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking that somebody's gonna snag White in the top ten. I mean. I don't know mm. who it is. That dude is just so talented. And well, him- he could
1: go to Tampa though. Think about Tampa just lost a uh, Quan Alexander. So
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be something. Him, <laughs> him, and that Todd Bowles defense. Right. And and they already brought back Dayon Buchanan, so they're reunited. Uh-huh. So that's two money linebacker. I mean, that would be something, man. So you just never know that's that's the excitement <laughs> of the nfl draft man and
1: no question
3: you just don't know what type of rumors what's true what's not so plenty to digest man but you know what arthur i appreciate you again as we close up today's episode i know you're a busy man you got your family got your media going as well and of course, I'm sure still surveying some options as far as your your NFL career goes. But I really appreciate you taking the time to join me this morning for a recording, chatting some draft, and hey man, let's make it let's make it a, a monthly thing. Try to get you on a couple times a month and, and uh, just chat some football.
1: No man, I agree 100%. Man, like I said, big big fan of yours, man. The work you've been doing, your grind is definitely not going unnoticed. And like I said, man, I appreciate you having me on. So I would love to do this on a monthly basis.
3: All right, man. Well, again, take care. Enjoy the weekend with your family. And God bless.
1: Likewise, man. Appreciate you.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.